receive from you. Lord, we need you. And so this morning, God, uh, I asked you to give me something, and I believe that you did. Lord, that'll help us all. I pray, Lord, you help me to communicate this with clarity. Lord, so that that can be added to and that people can be delivered. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Put the confessions up and then we'll, we'll be done. Man, y'all got me 15 minutes behind today, man. <laughs> With all of this stuff. Father, I thank you in advance. That I'm always changed. By my time spent in worship. And in the word this morning. I am a believer. And not a doubter. Therefore, all things are possible for me. I recognize that it's not by my might, nor by my power, but by your spirit, working mightily in me, which I overcome any adversity I may face on our journey. I am not afraid of what sickness can do to me, because by your stripes, I am healed. I'm not afraid of financial lack because all my needs are met according to your riches and glory. Therefore, I live out of your pockets and not mine. And I cannot be overcome by depression because you have gifted me with your peace that passes all understanding. And you won't take it back. I am an overcomer. Because you overcame. And I cannot be stopped. And I won't be stopped. I love you Lord. Because you're a great. Great father. You're a father. To the fatherless. And no one has to go fatherless. In Jesus name. And sit down. Hallelujah. Man, we, we done stood and sat so much this morning, I feel like I'm back at my old Baptist church. We done done a lot of sitting and standing this morning. I am against sitting and standing. We used to go to church. That's one of the things I used to hate about church, man. Little kid, I don't know. I, I was tired as a little kid. I always got to sit up and stand in there. I'm like, man, make up your mind. We're going to sit. We're going to stand. What are we going to do? Okay, so this morning I want to talk about something. And, uh, you know, if people heard the, the, uh, the phrase, people talk about lukewarm Christianity. Right? You ever heard that before? Lukewarm. We don't want to be that person. We don't want to be lukewarm. Be luke somebody else. But we don't want to be lukewarm, alright? So I think a lot of times, uh, and again, referring to Pastor Mayor's Pastor message from Wednesday, uh, she talked about that we need to know, you know, who is Jesus to you? The Lord asked Peter, he said, who, you know, who do men say that I am? He asked them all. And then Peter said, you know, you're the Christ. He said that the Lord revealed that to you. He wanted to know who Peter said that he was. And so, I mean, the whole thing about it is, uh, young folks too, you have to have a relationship with God for yourself. All right. You can't have a relationship with your parents, God. And I think see, even some of us adults are still riding off relationship of, of our parents. Nobody get grandfathered into this situation. Right? You, you got to have your own relationship with God. And the cool thing about it is, is that God wants you to have a relationship with Him. Yeah. He wants you to have a relationship with Him. And, uh, I want us to take a look at something that the Lord showed me 
Has anybody ever felt like, man, you, 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 you want to do the right thing in, in an area, right? And all of us got different areas. But it seems like you always get stuck doing the wrong things. Like, man, I always find myself continuing to do this thing over and over and over, right? Continue to get stuck doing the wrong thing. And so I want to take a look at, at something this morning. Let's look at Acts chapter 16, verse uh, yeah, Acts chapter 16, verse 16 through 24. Acts 16, 16 through 24. We're going to start there and we're going to look at a couple examples. And then we're going to find a place and we're going to hold up there for a little while. And then we're going to move out of there and toward the end. Amen. It says, now it happened as we went to prayer. And I'm reading out of the New King James Version. It says, now it happened uh, as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And she did this for many days, but Paul greatly was greatly annoyed. He turned and said uh, to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And he came out and he came out that very hour. But when her master saw their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said unto them, these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful to, to, for us. Being magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them that they be beaten with rods. And when they had uh, been laid many stripes on them, they were threw into prison, uh, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such uh, a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet to stocks. So here's a situation where you got this girl, uh, and she's 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 got a certain type of behavior going on. When we read it in the Bible, a lot of times the stuff we read in the Bible, we can't equate it to real life. Like this stuff happened to people and for real in the Bible. And so in this case, in this case, the girl was, uh, it says she had a spirit. She was possessed, right? And so it said that uh, she kept going around behind them and she was like pumping them up. She was saying, hey man, these are dudes, these are good, these are God's good dudes right here. These are God's dudes, right? And so Paul understood even though she was saying some good stuff, she was influenced. From another direction, and it was manipulating her, trying to manipulate them. And so Paul said, uh, he, he turned around and says he was annoyed. And so he cast the spirit out of her. And then after he cast the spirit out of her, that, that sounds like a good thing, right? Uh, it sounds like a good thing, cast the spirit out of her. But the, the, the people that was making the money off of it, they was mad. <laughs> right? So sometimes I want you to understand that we got stuff that's, that's jacking with us. Influences. From the enemy that are messing with us. And there may be people around you that don't want that to change. Alright? Because maybe they're not making money off of you, but, because, but that's the nature of your relationship. Right. Alright? So, uh, like in my, my former life, you know, uh, I was a criminal. Right? And we, we did stuff that young criminals do. Strip clubs, pool halls, nightclubs, that kind of stuff. And so, uh, uh, needless to say, a lot of people, my old friends, they weren't happy to see me change, right? Because good times, good times gone, right? They, 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 they was, it was advantageous to them. We made money together. I made them money. But then when I, I stopped, they, that wasn't cool for them. 
Right? So whatever you got going on in your life that is, that may be fun and that, that goes against God, you're going to always have people around you that's not going to agree with, with what you're doing when you make a change. That's right. Right? Because it's going to affect them too. Your change is going to affect them. So we can't be worried about what people around you think. We gotta, we gotta make the change for the right reason. We gotta make the change for the good. And sometimes the change ain't always 100% up to you. We're gonna learn that. We're gonna see that in a minute too. So this, this girl was under some bondage. Right? So it wasn't just up to this, this girl. She had some influences that were pushing against her, that were pushing her in this direction. So I want you to understand something. This is Bible. This is in the Bible. This is in the book of Acts. This is, this is what it says in the Bible. And a lot of times, uh, we go to church and, and people with, with certain parts of the Bible they don't want to talk about. If you look at the life of Jesus, how many of you ever seen that movie, The Passion of Christ? Uh-huh. Right? You see that movie, The Passion of Christ, it was kind of intense movie. Right? It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, Moses in the Ten Commandments. <laughs> you know, it was intense. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the movie was rated R. I remember we went to go see it. The movie theater was jam-packed with people, right? And so you go in there and you see the little the little uh, demon baby thing. You know, they did the shot. Y'all remember that shot I asked y'all about this the other week? The little demon baby thing supposed to be the devil. They passed the camera by. You're like, ooh, that's ugly. And then, uh, you know, they whipped the meat off of Jesus' back. And uh, Jim Caviezel looked terrible, didn't he? Yeah. But, I mean, that's what the Bible said. That's what happened to Jesus. See, we, we want a cross with a Jesus on it, made out of gold. I don't got no blood on that one. Ain't no flesh whipped out of that one. Ain't no crown of thorns been pushed down on that head. It's just artwork. But it happened for real. Yes. Now, if you saw that a real man like that standing in front of you with a trail of blood carrying a cross and been the meat whipped off his back and he collapsed in here, a lot of us want us to take him out of here. We don't want to see that. We don't want to see that. But that's what happened. So you can't take parts out of the Bible just because you don't want to see it, right? And a lot of things that happened with Jesus, that's where the power came from. I want you to understand that love will cause you to, to get in the situation you don't want to be in. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's why Jesus did that. Jesus went through that because he loved us. That's what love looked like. Right in your marriage, you put up with stuff from your spouse, like I have to put up with stuff from Pastor Lori, because I love her. I always like everything she do, but I put up with her stuff. I'm just kidding. But for real though. But for real though, sometimes both of us, we put up with stuff because that's what love does. I mean, with our kids, we put up with stuff from our kids because we love them. We ain't always excited about what they do, but that's what love is about. Right? Love sometimes it costs you. Kids get in trouble and you got to break out the checkbook because you love them. Love costs you. Right? And so understand that in the Bible, the Bible is a real book, real stuff going on. And so we're going to look at some real things this morning. Right? Sometimes you go to church and get do get up there and talk for 15 minutes and, and tell you, you know, some principles for life. You know, how to tell you to go and cut the neighbor's grass. This is a demonstration of love. And this will, this will bring his heart fonder, uh, closer to Jesus. We're not talking about no grass this morning. We're talking about stuff that keep you in bondage, all right? So we want to be set free. Amen. Let's look at now. Let's go to Luke chapter 13, verse 10. Luke 13, 10. So we got one woman who was in bondage. The first woman we read about, she was in bondage. And they was making money off of her, had her uh, re- telling people's fortunes, which goes against the Bible, in case you didn't know. 
right? Uh, as had a spirit of divination that goes against the Bible. And so now we got another, and the, the guys are profiting off of her. Now, they don't really say what happened to the woman after that, but I, I bet she was glad that she got free, right? Now we're looking at Luke chapter 13, 10 through 13 here. It says, now, now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity, 18 years. And she was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and he said to her, woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. So here's a situation where a spiritual force is behind the infirmity of this woman for 18 years. So we got one woman uh, uh, reading palms and all this kind of stuff, basically being pimped by these guys. It might not have been uh, the standard definition of prostitution, but she was being pimped out. To tell these fortunes and get us the money, right? Yeah. Then you got another woman here that's been sick for 18 years, and we see a spirit is also behind this. Okay? okay? So it says uh, that Jesus came to her, and he, uh, but Jesus called her up to him, and he said, Woman, thou art loose from your infirmity. And he, and he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. So Jesus dealt with the spirit. He loosed her from the spirit. And when she got loose from the spirit, her healing came instantly. Yeah. Right? So we, we know, and we probably should have been a better place to start off in, uh, Ephesians, uh, where it says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and in evil wickedness in high places. Amen? So it's a spiritual battle that we fight. We, we see stuff in the flesh. That's why we like to deal with stuff in the flesh. But it's spiritual problems. All of us look alike, but so what separates a, a serial killer? You can have two dudes that look exactly alike. Matter of fact, they've got, ser uh, they've got serial killers that, uh, I think it was, uh, what was this guy's name? He had a dark hair, a little mustache, uh, in his forties. And he was a church guy. He was very active in his church, but he was a serial killer. That means he was sitting amongst the people in the congregation, but it was something different in him that was in the other folks. Yeah. And would everybody agree with that? It was something different in him. Now, he went to church, and I think he had a position at the church. I'm talking about a BT, was it BTK. Yeah, that's him. He was a serial killer and had a position inside the church. Now, what a heck of a thing that would be to find out one of the church members has been killing on his on part time. When we out of service, he out of killing folks. You say, brother, such and such? Nah. But in the flesh, when you look at him, in the flesh, he don't look no different from us. He clap his hands when we say praise God. Lift up his hands. Bring his offering to the basket. But something different was going on inside of him. He was spiritually influenced in the wrong direction in the church house. Amen? Now, these, some of these examples are extreme, but just bear with me here. Let's go to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Spiritually influenced. People, we don't understand, man. We walk around. We are spirits, right? They have a soul and we live in a body. This outside shell, that ain't you. The inside, that's why, that's why, uh, we have funerals and such like that. 
Because the person is gone out. The spirit and the soul is gone out and we stick the body in the coffin, put the body in the ground, but the person is gone. Yeah. Understand that. So, so it's not, it's, it's not, uh, when you're looking at a person on the outside, the Bible says, no, no man by the flesh. So we, but we basically judge everything on the flesh. When we meet our spouse, we, we decide who we're going to give a chance based on a lot of times the flesh. Ooh, I think she's fine. Ooh, I think he's cute. I like his eyes. Look at this. You like this part. You like all this other stuff about him. You know, like, oh, he got a nice voice. His voice is deep. She talks so sweet. This, hey man, you don't know what's going on. You get, get over to her house and chain you to the bed. Start cutting stuff up on you over there. Hey, I'm serious, man. You don't know what's, what, what, the, what the people packing around. Me and me always got, I told you, the man with the backpack, always got that backpack. Right? What's inside that backpack? I need to see before you come to my house. You always got that backpack. Symbolic of whatever spiritual bondage you got going on. I need to know. Before me and you get any closer, I need to know what, what's going on with you. But see, we like to know people by the flesh. It seemed like a nice guy. She seemed like a nice person. I don't know why she embezzled hundreds of thousands from the company. Wow. <laughs> we had a situation. Uh, Pastor Ben made me aware of there's a guy that a lot of us know. Talking about people. So uh, let's take it away from the news and bring it on home. There's a guy that a lot of us know just got a 60-piece Spicy. That means they put him in prison for 60 years. 60 piece. Everybody thought he was a nice guy. Matter of fact, I, matter of fact, take that back. I still think he's a nice guy, but spiritually influenced. Spiritually influenced. Found out he was, uh, he said that he was in love with a 14, when he started the relationship with this girl when she was 14, he was 40 something. And so now as a girl, 17, whatever, to ask the girl to marry him, right? And, and, and so he's, he's going around with the parents. They're going one place to the other place, and he's going around with the parents so he can be close to the girl. And the, the plot got uncovered by one of the relatives. And so they put it, they sent him to jail. It made him understand that he was under the wrong spiritual influence. When that judge hit him with that 60 piece, ooh, I guess I was wrong. See, sometimes our mind, the Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man. But the end thereof leads to death. So in his, in his own mind, this is right. We love one another. You ain't right though, bro. And so we can try to tell it to him, but if they ain't getting it, it's something in here broken. We can try to tell it to him, but he wasn't getting it. Until they hit him with that 60 piece. 60 years, you 40, that means 100, you getting out. I know, I know a couple other church guys. When I first got saved, there was another guy, uh, who we, we deemed him spiritual. And I think he was, he knew his Bible better than us. And he had a wife and he had kids. And then the, the news was, did you hear about such and such? Did you hear about? No, we hadn't heard about such and such. What is it to know about such and such? Well, he was messing with one of the youth kids. Hit him with a 10 piece. Away from his family, finna go to the penitentiary for 10 years. Look, I don't even like to be locked out of my car. I ain't playing. 
That's why I'm tripping about myself. Thank God I never went to the penitentiary for the stuff I was doing. I couldn't have handled it. I don't like to be locked out of my car. I'm mad. That's why my wife knows, hey, look, you got the keys? When I get out of my car, I do like this before I lock the door. I, I, you know, I make sure I got my, well, you got, I got, I got to have this to lock the door. That's old. I used to do that. Right. So now you, I got to have it to lock the door. Thank God they, they, they upgraded. But I don't like to be locked out. I don't be locked out the building. I don't want to let you use my keys. Ain't that right, Luciano? Bring my keys back. Cause I need to get in something. I want to get in there. But see, people get spiritually influenced. And the thing about the devil, what the devil will do, the devil will tell you, you're right, man, I'm on your team. We're doing the right thing. And when you get that 60 piece, he walk out the courtroom like this. Yeah. I, Mr. De- you, I thought we was rolling together. You're not going to do this 60 with me? Fool? No. I'm out. That's what the devil do. The devil sets you up. He gets you going in the wrong direction and tap your life and then he chunk. I'm out. Gotta go get somebody else. Spiritually influenced. It don't matter what it look like on the outside. They're spiritual influence. Now let's watch this. Let's look at this guy. Special story about a guy right here. This is when, y'all remember we talked about the storm. Jesus said he gotta get across to the other side. I want you to understand, I'm going to give a little rabbit trail, quick one right here, not even rabbit trail, maybe just a rabbit step. Jesus will overcome any obstacle to get to you when you need him. Now when they they went through this situation with the storm, they was going across to the other side, the first person he encountered was this brother right here. Jesus came through the storm to set that brother free. And I want you to understand something, that Jesus will go anywhere he needs to go to set you free from whatever got you bound. He'll do whatever he has to do. So they come to the other side, and let's pick up the story right here. They came to the other side of the sea, to the region of the the Garcinis, Garcinis, and as as soon as he got out of the boat, there met him in the tombs a man under the power of an unclean spirit. This man continually lived among the tombs. So there's a brother living in the graveyard. You, you, I mean, if he's living in the graveyard, a bunch of tombs like that, it's, it's many other places homeless people live, but he chose to live in the graveyard. We, we can, we, we, we can, we can, we pretty much know it ain't hard to sell us something wrong with him. All right. So he continually lived among the tombs and one could, no one could subdue him anymore, even with the chain. So they couldn't rest him down with chains. This brother in the graveyard, jumping from one tombstone to the next, beating his chest, doing the thing, right? I'm trying to help y'all understand. For he had been often bound with shackles for the feet and the handcuffs, but the handcuffs of light chains were wrenched apart and the shackles were rubbed the ground together and broken pieces and no one could, no one had the strength enough to restrain or to tame him. Night and day among the tombs and in the mountains, he was always shrieking and screaming and beating and bruising and cutting himself with stone. Now I want you to understand that these, these examples are in, in this story, we can take away two things. It said they tried to chain him, but the chains wouldn't work. And they tried to tame him, and the taming wouldn't work. Chains refer to locking him up. We're going to lock you up, that's how we're going to deal with you. We'll put you in prison. We're going to do whatever. But it says that the chains wouldn't fix the problem. Locking him up wouldn't fix the problem. Taming has to do with psychology. 
We're going to take you to the psychologist. We're going to work on your mind. We're going to maybe get you some, you know, maybe get you some medicine, prescriptions or whatever like that. But it said that that still wouldn't free him. We done tried to lock him up. We tried to deal with his mind, with his, with his, with his mind from a psychiatric standpoint. Neither one of these two ain't working. Somebody say, but Jesus. You can try all kinds of methods to get free from whatever got you bound. But there's only one guaranteed to set you free, and his name is Jesus. Now, Jesus has many methods that he uses. But he's the one that gets the results. So they tried to lock him up. They tried to tame him. But they couldn't do it. That wouldn't wouldn't solve the problem. Verse 5. Night and day among the tombs. And in the mountains, he was always shrieking and screaming and beating and bruising and cutting himself with stone. This brother's in bad shape. And when from a distance Jesus saw him, he saw Jesus, he ran to him and fell at his knees in homage. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high? What is there in common between us? I solemnly implore you by God not to torment me. For Jesus was uh, was commanding... Come out and uh, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, because it's a whole bunch of us in here messing this brother up. Verse 10. And he kept begging him urgently and uh, to uh, not to send them himself uh, and the other demons out of the region. Now, a great uh, herd of hogs was grazing on the hillside and the demons begged him, saying, send us among the hogs that we may go into them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out of the man and entered into the hogs. And the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed headlong into the steep slope in the sea and were drowned in the sea. You know, them people having a problem with them hogs over in the woodlands, they need Jesus out there. (laughs) Run them hogs out of there, stop tearing up the grass. Uh, Verse 14, the hog feeders ran away and told in the town and in the country The people came to see what it was that had had taken place, and they came to Jesus and looked intently, searchingly, searchingly at the man who had been the demoniac sitting there, clothed and in his right mind. The same man who had the legion of demons, and they were seized with alarm and struck with fear. This brother here, they said they couldn't lock him up. They couldn't tell. Psychology wouldn't work on him. But Jesus came, and the people came. They say the bro- they saw the brother, Crazy Al. Let's give him a name. Crazy Al was sitting there, clothed. He was running through that naked. The brother got a clean, shaved up, looking good in his right mind. The people who was dealing with the hog business came and saw Al sitting there. Never seen him like that. We didn't try to lock him up. We didn't try to talk to him. Nothing worked. But Jesus came through, cast out the devil from the man. And Al is sitting there clothed in his right mind and chained because Al was under spiritual influence. And as soon as that demonic spiritual influence was removed, Al could be who God created him to be. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and evil wickedness in high places. Sometimes it ain't just you. Now, am I saying you possess? No. But I'm saying the devil's behind the situation. The devil's behind the situation. It ain't just us. You can read the rest of it, all of this kind of stuff. 
Let's keep going for the sake of time. Talking about demonic influence. You don't think that Satan is out to destroy mankind. I want you to understand that Satan appeared to Adam and Eve in the garden to deceive them. He came through the serpent. Satan appeared to Jesus to tempt him when he was when he was on the 40 day fast. Right. So listen, I want to, if Satan would not show up, if it was not important. The Bible says he comes to steal, kill and destroy. The brother showed up in person. With Adam and Eve and showed up in person with Jesus. Brother showed up. Brother ain't just fixing to take no meat. Get his, get his suit on, get his driver and get his car and then roll up on you like that if it ain't important. But I want you to see in both cases, he didn't come slapping nobody. You gonna do what I say you supposed to do. He didn't slap nobody. He didn't slap Adam and Eve. He didn't slap Jesus. But we think he would be slapping folks. But he just be coming with that conversation yet. Trying to trip you up with the words. What conversations do you have in your own head to justify you doing something you don't know you don't supposed to do? That's that influence. God had already told Adam and Eve what to do about the trees. This one tree, don't don't mess with it. Don't eat from it. Don't touch it. How do we know that God said don't touch it? Because she said God told us don't touch the tree. But Satan came over there and put the doubt in her head. Hey, did God really say? You know that God just scared if y'all find out the truth, y'all going to be like him. Y'all going to be like him. Have you ever had a conversation with yourself in your head, something you know you don't supposed to do and God wouldn't like it, but you're trying to justify it? <laughs> you know you're not supposed to do it. I mean, tell the truth, shame the devil, we all got them conversations going on. Anybody say they don't, you're special. <laughs> we all got them going on. They all going on. So you come to Jesus with the same thing. Yeah, turn the, turn the stones to bread. Throw yourself down. But he came to one group of people and they went for it. And Jesus told them, got no time for you, dude. I only do what my daddy tells me to do. Responded with the word. And we got two separate outcomes. One let the devil in. And you see what happened to them. Another one slammed the door in his face and you see what happened with him. One lost the glory, and the second one brought the glory back. One brought the glory, number two. One one lost the glory, the second one brought the glory back. Talking about the influence, spiritual influence, in the wrong direction. There are two entities that are vying for the space in your heart. Because to understand that your heart... Is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. And whoever sits on the throne of your heart, they run your life. That's why God wants the throne and the devil wants the throne. And they understand that images, words, and outward things that come to you, that influence you 
That, that, that builds you up. It makes you what you are. So the more God you put in there, the more conscious, the more things you're going to see through the vision of God lenses. The more things, devilish things you put in there, the more you're going to see through the lenses of the devil. Yeah. Let me make it practical for y'all. I got to keep going. Let's say you go to a family gathering. You go to a family gathering and you're used to getting drunk or, you know, getting high at the family gathering. So that's what happens over there. Everybody's comes to me. We know when we get together, we're going to have some crown raw. We're going to have some, uh, 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 what kind of beers they drink these days? Somebody help me. Don't answer that question and snitch on yourself. <laughs> right? We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get, we're gonna get full and we're gonna get high at the family gathering. That's what we're gonna do. And we're gonna tell jokes. That's what's gonna happen. And I'm gonna look at such and such his wife in an inappropriate way. And he gonna look at my wife in an inappropriate way. And I'm gonna think inappropriate thoughts towards his wife and my wife. And now the women gonna be looking at the men. The kids gonna be sneaking the alcohol. And then somebody gonna get mad. They gonna start cussing. There's about to be a fight. And then somebody gonna go for a gun all night. That's how it goes. Because that environment creates that whole situation. Because you put the right circumstances into play. And you put them, it's like if I I have a lighter and I put it to the fuse of a firecracker, it's going to pop. That's what that is. Right? So you sit yourself in that environment, right? And you constantly do that over and over and over and over. You're going to take that influence from that environment into your life. Right? You're going to take that influence from, from the environment into your life. If you sit around, let me, let me make it more practical for you. If you sit around watching TV shows with somebody uh, that you feel attracted to and you watch that show just to see that person, <laughs> they don't even have to be naked or whatever. They, you know, <laughs> checking this show out. Why you like that show so much? I don't know. I just like it. <laughs> and that's your TV girlfriend. <laughs> I got a TV girlfriend. Or flip it around. That's your TV boyfriend. (laughs) So then you come over here with us and we don't know you got a TV girlfriend and boyfriend. (laughs) Lifting up your hand, lifting up holy hands, Pastor Ben. Holy hands. (laughs) Let us worship him now. Talk to us about your TV, TV lover. So you don't have to get to know pornography. All right. But see, see that stuff that go places. So you watching the TV person, you in love with the person on the TV and you just keep going to work every day. And all of a sudden. She looks just like the one. She looks like my girl on TV. Is that not the same one, but close enough. How you doing? How you doing? What you say your name is first day? Oh, shoot. I can help you with anything. I'm helpful. They call me Mr. Helpful. I help you with anything you need around here. I got you, boo. I mean, I got you. What's your name, Brandy? I got you. Right? Anything you need, I'll help you out. Okay? And you just come passing by the desk just every so often. Are you good? You're straight? Because I'm here to help. No, you're not here to help. You're here to pick her up because she looked like your TV girlfriend. What you don't understand is while you're sitting there meditating on that garbage, that the devil is talking to you. And you are becoming spiritually influenced yep. by what's coming through your eye gate, what's coming through your ear gate. Yep. Environments bring things to life. That's why when we come to church, this environment brings forth hope. This environment brings forth, let's, 
that God will do something for me. And when we worship, it's an invi- it invites the presence of God in. It builds your faith and it brings things to life. Whatever environment that you plant yourself in is going to bring stuff to life. That's why you have to be careful where you plant yourself. Because there's two entities looking to sit on the throne of your heart. Jesus and the devil. I'm almost finished. I'm going to read this last passage and then we're going to wrap up this part for the day. Got to be careful, man. Uh, we don't want to do that one right now. We got to save that one. That's a good one. We got to save it, though. We don't got enough time. Let's do this. Let's go to Romans chapter 7, verse 15. Romans seven fifteen. We're we'll going to read a couple of different versions. We'll read the NIV version first, and then I think we'll go back and read New King James Version. Possibly. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll stop with this one. Verse 15. It says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I want, if I, and if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. And it is, and it is no longer myself who do it, but sin living in me. For I know that good, that good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do, for I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right here with me. For in my inner being, I delight in the law of God, in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind. And making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law. But I, but in my sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. So he says I want to do right. Anybody in here want to do right? Yeah. I want to do right, but every time I keep finding myself doing wrong. He said what? He says it's, the, it's sin in my human nature that makes me want to keep doing wrong. He says, but then he gets to the end, he says, well, who will deliver me from this? Jesus Christ will deliver you from the influence of the devil. Amen. But you have to understand this is nothing new. We all, again, but I think most people want to do the right thing. Like I talked about the brother got the 60 years. For I mean, you meet the brother, sweet, nice guy, give you the shirt off his back. I'm sure you want to do right. But these demonic influence got him in the headlock. Yeah. That's why it's so important to have somebody that you can talk to. 
It's so important to have somebody you can talk to, somebody you can come to, and you don't have to worry about your reputation and this and that and the other, and you can tell them, say, man, look, this is what's going on. Now, anybody that's close to me or whatever, they understand. I tell them the same thing. If they, if they come talk to me about something, I tell them, talk to them. I got, I got mercy. There is no judgment, whatever this, that, and the other. And I tell them this. I finish with this. I say, hey, look, I'm handling you like this because I might need you to take care of me tomorrow. Might be me tomorrow. Because I understand that it's not, you know, a pastor uh, title connected to my name don't make me free from demonic influence. It don't make me free. That was one of the things I had to understand that my, my problem was women. That was my problem. So I thought that when I got saved, I won't have, you know, that desire won't have lust issue with it. Won't be, it won't be a problem. I was like, ah, maybe I've got to go further. Now I'm a pastor. <clears throat> I don't have to deal with that. <clears throat> not true. It's not true. The demonic influences, if you take years of building this stronghold up, whatever that is, whether it's lust, whether it is drugs, eating bad, whatever that is, you take years to put that stuff in you, it's going to take some work to get it out. Amen. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, that our mind has to be renewed by the word of God. Our mind has to be renewed by the word of God. And it took me, it took me years, but thanks be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks be to God. I don't, I don't have the wrestling match I had with that before. I'm still a human being now. But I don't have a wrestling match. I used to, I used to cry out to God. Oh God. Oh God. Cause I didn't want to be that. I didn't want to be that. Amen. And it took time. And you know what it kept, and it also, it, it wasn't just time. People say time changed everything. It didn't, it didn't just take time. It took me saying, no, we are not going to do that. It took me checking myself. It took me ministering to myself. It took me ministering the word of God to myself about my wife. Amen. Rejoice with the wife of your youth. Let her breast satisfy you at all times. He who so finds a wife finds a good thing, find favor with God and with me. It took me ministering that word because all the whole time I, I love my wife. I love my wife, but I had made a habit since I was in the seventh grade. Yeah. Since I was in the seventh grade. And my stepfather was a good man, good man, but he didn't know what he started. He, he came and asked me one day, he said, you know, do you have a girlfriend? I said, no, nah, I don't really have no girl. I was playing, I just started playing basketball. I wasn't like any girls like that. So he made me feel like it was something wrong because I wasn't in the girls <laughs> like that. So then I felt like I had to get a girlfriend. And I'm always extreme with stuff. So I started watching movies. See how one goes about getting a girlfriend. Richard Gere, American Gigolo. <laughs> how do you do that? He's smooth. Yes. Okay. Watching more movies, watching people, dudes, how they act with their girl. Okay. So I became an expert pickup artist. Expert. Expert. But the problem was, when I picked this one up, 
when I picked up this one right here, we had a problem communicating. Because after I got her, I didn't know what to say to her. I didn't know how to talk to her. I didn't know how to communicate. I didn't know how to be with her. I didn't know how what she needed from me. I could pick her up. And if I told y'all the story about how I picked her up, <laughs> boy, y'all say, Pastor, you were smooth. You're smooth, boy. You're smooth. <laughs> you're smooth, boy. You're smooth. If I told y'all the story about how the first time when we met, right? So I got her. I liked her. I thought she was cute. She's still fabulous at 50, holding it down. <laughs> My girl, right? Give me a hug. Beautiful, right? So, no, I'm going to stay here. But for years we had a problem communicating because I didn't. She always would tell me, would talk, you don't communicate. I don't know what, I really, and, they, and I would cry when I get by myself because I don't know what to say to her. I don't know how to communicate. I didn't want her to know I don't know how to communicate. But I didn't, I couldn't even, I couldn't even be present. I could I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't, it was just so difficult. It, I couldn't do it. And I guarantee you, as men in here right now, your wife tells you you don't communicate, but you don't know how to talk to your wife. You don't know what to say to your wife. You may not have the same interests. And so you think you can't talk to her because y'all not interested in the same thing. No, it's about heart surrender. That means whatever she want to talk about. You want to show me some magazine with some jewelry in it, whatever. You want to show me these stuffed animals. You want to talk about this. Now, I will not watch cartoons with her. <laughs> I'm not gonna watch the cartoons with you. I, I draw the line right there. I don't wanna, I'm not gonna do that. But you want to talk to me about about silly stuff and show me the magazine? I'm all ears. Oh, I just love you. Know? I'll listen to whatever. <laughs> Can I do? I do better now. You do a lot better. I do better now. Yeah. Right. And so it, it takes work to change when you and the devil have been rolling for so long. And see, some of you don't even know you've been rolling with the devil. Because you feel like I ain't killed nobody. I ain't hurt nobody. But have you not hurt nobody? Hmm. Hurt yourself. Have you not hurt your family? Because of secret strongholds that you got going on, that, you, that are out of control, that you can't do nothing, you feel like you're powerless against? Have you really not hurt nobody? Have you ever heard the saying that hurt people Hurt people. A lot of times because we hurt, that's why we hurt other people. And you don't even see it. But I wonder how many of us this morning are hurt people in here that are hurting people. Now, this is not for you to have regret about what you've done in your life because you can't, listen, we can't, we can't turn no clocks back. You break your watch trying to turn the clock back. You can't turn it back. Or if you do get it spent back around, you, you'll be off time and everybody else will be on real time. You're not going in the past. There are no real time machines. Hmm. Only thing you can do is go forward from here. Yes, sir. And at the end of the day, it's up to every person to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. So whatever mistakes we made with our kids, look, I'm sorry. That's what I got for you. I'm sorry. But it's up to you going forward to do better than I did. Because I want you to understand a lot of times the mistakes that we make with our kids were things that our parents, mistakes our parents made with us. And so we, we didn't know better to teach or to handle our kids. So once you find out better, then you teach your kids how to deal with their kids.
Amen? Why don't you stand on your feet with me this morning and we're going to pray for a second, then we're going to be done. 